Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday. It's a Greg Cosell Thursday. Presented, of course, by DraftKings. Love those dudes. Love all of you. So fired up about tonight's game on Amazon Prime. Go to Amazon Prime, put your login in, click on the game, and don't text me, Mom, please. We've been over this. Uh, I'm kidding, I think. Anyway, uh, tomorrow already, actually, you know what? Brian and I are going to record the Picks Friday tonight after the Thursday night game. So tonight already... I'll have a spread the word winner. I'd like it to be you. Go to facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL and just like the page. I'm going to pick somebody that like that is a friend of mine or whatever it's called that's liked my facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Please do that. Sponsor confirmation email winner, send them in. We've had a great week of sponsors, Symbol and Simply Safe and Athletic Greens and Raycon. Hit me up, and then the YouTube shout-out is so cool. People, I mean, people pay $25 to get these shout-outs on Cameo. You get it for free just by going to YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL subscribing and then making a comment. I see it, I pick you, and I give you a shout-out for whoever you want the shout-out for. How about today's shout-out? This isn't really a shout-out. This is just, this is, this is a shout-out. The other thing is a Cameo. Jim Crossan, he is the latest tuckhead, patreon.com slash RT Media, as we're racking up the folks. I suspect most of them just want to see the bets for the Even Money podcast in black and white. That's fair, but I think you're going to love the crew. I think you're going to love Becky and Tuckheads Jay and Tim Bacon and uh, Mike Shirk and everybody, the whole fam. I think you're going to love them. I think you're going to want to stick around and be a part of the family. So, welcome to the family, and welcome to Greg Cosell. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. Greg, the game <laughs> of the week is tonight, man. It's tonight. The, the game of the week is tonight. I think the NFL is very smart to get Amazon Prime off to a good start, give them a big-time game. It's the Chargers and the Chiefs. 
Of course, you can follow Greg on Twitter at Greg Cosell. You should. I do. That way you know what he's up to. And check out the NFL Matchup Show, which is on ESPN, ESPN2 every weekend. Just go to your TV guide, see when it is. Either make sure you're watching at that point or DVR it. Greg, let's dive into tonight's game. You know the way I like to do it. I don't want to paint you in a hole. Nobody puts Greggy in a corner. What are your (laughs) thoughts? What are your thoughts on tonight's game? Let's start Um, either side of the ball. Give me the breakdown. I really want to talk about Justin Herbert. You know, I I, I think I've watched every snap of his since he's been in the NFL. And obviously, I studied him coming out of college. And there were some questions about him coming out, which, of course, now seems silly. But I, I think that what really stands out to me about Justin Herbert and You know how coaches are, Russ. You played for a number of years, so you know how the game is coached. The game is coached to execute within the structure of what the design is. Obviously, we see a lot of plays in games that are outside of structure, and certainly with quarterbacks like Mahomes, who's maybe the best in the league at it, and certainly Herbert is capable of that as well. We see it with Josh Allen. We've seen it for years with Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson. But ultimately, the game is coached to play within structure and execute the design with the idea that the game plan and the concepts are going to attack and defeat the anticipated coverages based on tendency and probability. That's essentially what it is. And the more I watch Herbert, the more I am struck and fascinated by how he executes the basics at such a high level. You know, we all look for the big plays, Ross. We, you know, we love that. And those are the highlights you see a thousand times. But when it's, you know, snag flat with a sit route right over in front of Herbert, which is a basic concept in everybody's playbook, he just executes it and gains the nine yards. And, and then you just move on. He just executes the basic plays at an incredibly high level. You're saying that, Greg, like... A lot of guys don't. Well, that's true. They do not because I sit here and watch the tape. So is that rare? Is that rare for a guy just to execute the offense at a high level? I wouldn't say it's rare. That's too strong a word. But I would say that it's not done with the efficiency that, that coaches ultimately want it to be done. You know, I think the great quarterbacks, and Herbert certainly... You know, you know me well enough, Ross. I don't use the word great loosely. I don't, you know, guys to me are not just great after a week or a year. But, you know, I think the high-level quarterbacks do that on a really consistent basis. You know, it's why, you know, think about this. Obviously, Mahomes is great. Obviously, Allen makes special, special, special plays. But when you think back over the years with, uh, you know, the quarterback like a Troy Aikman, you know, when it's third and eight and he completes a nine-yard pass to Jay Novacek, you're not going to see that as a highlight. But those plays really matter in games, you know, as you know. I mean, you can't count every week on, you know, quarterbacks who are improvisational players running around and making unbelievable plays. We get used to it and we think that that's just part of the game. But as you know, that's not the way the game is coached. What I think I hear you saying, Greg, and correct me if I'm wrong, is Justin Herbert makes a lot of highlight real plays, like the throw where he was doing the split, like the crazy throw down the field. But what makes him unique is 
He also does all the normal, regular, within the context of the offense. He's not – some of the guys are more highlight reel guys, but don't do not do the typical as Correct. well as they should or at high of a level. Herbert's kind of both. Yes, I think Herbert is both. And to me, that really makes him uh, – you know, I guess I can say great. I mean, he's in his third year, and I doubt he's going to be regressing. He's a top five quarterback, Greg. He's yeah, a I don't think he's going to be gre- regressing at any time soon. You know, but that to me is what really stands out on tape about Justin Herbert. How much does it hurt him and them that Keenan Allen won't play tonight? Uh, I think it hurts because anytime you lose a really, really good player with an unbelievable understanding of how to run routes. He's so refined and subtle and nuanced. It obviously hurts because the player you're going to put out there is not as good as Keenan Allen. But it almost goes back to my original point. I don't think it hurts Herbert in the way it might hurt other quarterbacks because I think he runs the offense. He executes the offense. Plus, I mean, I think there's a reason why people are excited about Joshua Palmer Joe Dolan and I talked about him on the Fantasy Feast podcast yesterday. To your point, if Joshua Palmer just executes what he's asked to do, Herbert will throw him the ball. He'll have a good game. Correct. And I love Joshua Palmer coming out of Tennessee. I actually was out at Chargers training camp a year ago and and talked with Tom Telesco because he knew what I said about Palmer on various shows, probably with you as well. And he came up to me and said, hey, you know, we feel the same way about Josh Palmer. So I, I like Josh Palmer. I mean, obviously with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, when Allen is healthy, Palmer's not going to be a high target guy, but I think that he has a chance to be a very good receiver. He's big and he's competitive and he can run. Let's look at the other side of the ball and it's the chiefs offensively and Greg, they look pretty darn good Yeah, uh, I mean, against the Cardinals. I guess, what did you see? How much of that? was maybe the Cardinals' defense isn't very good. How much of it was the Chiefs' offense still is? Did you notice anything different without Tyreek Hill? Did they attack it any different way? No, I mean, look, I think Andy Reid is one of the best at play design and play concepts. I don't think that changes at all. Um, And Mahomes, to me, in in many ways, while while – we are very much caught up in Mahomes and the special plays he makes because they're unbelievable. He's another guy that can execute the offense efficiently. I mean, he made one of the best throws of the week, as as did Herbert this week, when he hit Kelsey on a crosser. It was just a big, big-time throw. I mean, Mahomes is capable of great throws from the pocket. Um, he's just so, so good at getting outside the pocket, so that's what we think about. So I think that Andy Reid's play designs, pass game concepts, they will take care of what's needed to be taken care of. People may remember last year that Chiefs offense became somewhat condensed. A lot of teams, and and now it's going through the lead, a lot of teams are playing quarter structure concepts. They don't always stay true quarters, but it's quarter structures structure concepts to take away seam balls to take away the big explosive plays and as a quarterback and as a play caller and play designer you now have to put together a plan that attacks that with efficiency and Mahomes is absolutely capable of that he did it a year ago he made a really good adjustment probably week five six seven he had a few games where he struggled and he now made the adjustment and he 
he's running that offense very efficiently as well with that big play capability at any time. Were they different in any way without Tyree Kill? Did you know, like, was there anything that was noticeable or not really? Uh, you know, I, one game to me, and I haven't studied that game, and I have to look at that in a little more detail. So, I, to be honest, because I don't want to speak out of school, Ross, I can't answer that question. Ravens, Dolphins. I think it's a sneaky, important game. They're so both one and zero. What interests you in this one? Uh, I think the offense of Miami really fascinates me. Um, I watched that in great detail because Tua, you know, has obviously been a polarizing player and. What really stood out to me is I think Mike McDaniel absolutely understands to his strengths and limitations, and he has structured the pass game to maximize his strengths and minimize his limitations. And what I mean by that quickly is Tua is a timing and rhythm thrower. He's incredibly quick on his drop and his set and gets the ball out. That's his game. So what you need to do is create concepts that allow him to do that. He's not a pure deep ball thrower. Now, a fade ball, a, a, a well-designed post route, he can make those throws. Those are not arm strength throws. But late in the down, drive the ball down the field throws, that's not to his game. So I think one reason they got speed, this is just an interpretation now. It's just a thought that I've had watching their offense week one and just thinking about Mike McDaniel and his background. I think one reason they got Hill and now, they, and obviously they had Waddle and still have him, is not because they're going to throw deep balls, Ross, because you cannot play press against those two guys very much because you'd be concerned that they'd immediately run by you. And number two, they use so much motion. They used motion more than any team in the league last week. And what that does is it gives free access to speed. So you the defense cannot disrupt the receivers off the line of scrimmage. So with no disruption there, there's no disruption of the timing rhythm pass game because two is getting the ball out quick, so the pass rush isn't getting to him. So it all works together. And I thought last week was a really good week one indication of what this offense is going to look like with the pass game. Interesting. Uh, the Ravens were chucking it deep a little bit against the Jets, Greg. Lamar Jackson seemingly almost made a concerted effort to stay in the pocket and drive the ball. They didn't run it great. No. But they threw the ball deep a little bit. Yeah, and they made some big plays. Um, I wouldn't. I think Lamar was not overly efficient at throwing the ball, but he made some big plays. Um, and, and their run game, I'm sure, in their mind, needs to really improve. And I'm sure this week in practice, they're really working on that because that, that's foundational to what they do. And they will run the ball, just like Miami will run the ball better as the season progresses because Mike McDaniel, who's been until this year with Kyle Shanahan, I believe every year of his NFL career, they will run the ball better. Um, but this is a fascinating game. Keep one thing in mind. These two teams played last year, and Miami has the same defensive coordinator, Josh Boyer, even though they had a head coaching change. And last year, that was the game in which Miami kind of showed almost for the first time all those pressure front looks, all those kind of zero coverage kind of looks, and they caused Baltimore and Lamar a lot of problems. The Ravens, I believe, had three points until late in the fourth quarter, and it was not a pretty game for the Ravens' offense. And by the way, um, Miami did a lot of that stuff week one against Mac Jones and the Patriots' offense. Yeah, I called that game. It was a Thursday nighter. It was bad. Yeah. Um, what about the Bucks and the Saints, Greg? Well, 
you have to talk about the Saints D and the Bucks O because Brady is 0-4 against the Saints. And Dennis Allen, to me, is is one of the most overlooked, really, really good defensive coordinators in this league. They do a lot with their fronts. Um, you know, their coverages are really, at times, difficult to figure out because, you know, in fact, I had a conversation with Dennis Allen this summer, and I mentioned a play from last year when they played the Bucks. And I said, you know, the coverage was such and such. And he said, well, no, it wasn't really that. So, you know, it's hard to decipher sometimes what they do. And even for someone like Brady, it's difficult. And Demario Davis, another really overlooked player, is so critical to what they do because of the way he can be used in the rush. But he's deceptive. They use him as a decoy. They use him on delayed rushes. It's They, they present a lot of problems for how to sort things out from a protection standpoint. And we know they have three new players inside and Donovan Smith is now out as well. So this is going to be very interesting on that side of the ball. One other point I want to make, which has not been talked about at all this week um, in social media. Anyway, I thought Jameis Winston played exceptionally well last week, Ross. Um, He threw the ball really well. He saw things well. I know people think Atlanta, they stink, but Dean Pease has been doing this a long time as a D coordinator. He showed a lot of looks. He showed a lot of disguise. There was late movement. Jameis saw it all. And Jameis, in the fourth quarter, Jameis was 13 for 16 for 213 yards in the fourth quarter alone. Wow. Yeah, it didn't look like it was good before then. There were Saints fans calling for Andy Dalton the first half. Yeah, well, you know, Jameis, I've always felt that Jameis is a good quarterback, and obviously he's thrown interceptions throughout his career, and we'll see how it goes. But Jameis has always been able to throw the ball well. I don't know if you've ever been around him. I mean, he's all football. Kid loves football. He's smart. Um, I think they're a really intriguing offense to, to watch as the season progresses because they've got really good talent at the skill positions. Any thoughts on Houston, Denver, Greg? You know, Davis Mills has sort of been like a pet project of mine. I watched him a lot this summer, um, and I was kind of very impressed with him. He's your classic quarterback, repetitive mechanics, looks the same, throwing the ball pretty much all the time. Um, You know, good arm, can make certain throws that are not that easy. I mean, he can throw the dig ball really, really well against zone between people, over people. He can drive it. He can throw it with what we call firm touch. Um, so Davis Mills is just a quarterback that I'm looking forward to seeing each and every week. And I think that, you know, obviously Brandon Cooks is a good player. I think Nico Collins can be an ascending player. They've got two good tight ends in O.J. Howard, who was a factor last week, and Brevin Jordan, who's a very athletic. I think this is going to be an intriguing offense to sort of follow throughout the season, Ross. Uh, Mills, I think Mills has a chance to be a quality NFL quarterback. I like it. Let's get to the Monday night games because there's two big ones, Tennessee at Buffalo. I'll be calling that game for Westwood one going back up to my old stomping grounds in Buffalo. Uh, Wow. The Bills obviously looked awesome. The Titans not so much in week one. Yeah, this is a really intriguing game. I mean, these teams played last year as well, um, and and actually Tennessee won the game, um, but Buffalo moved the ball up and down the field. One thing – they tried to do uh, Tennessee on defense last year was a lot of disguise, a lot of movement, uh, and, and 
Josh Allen kind of handled it, and he threw for a lot of yards. They threw the ball a lot. Um, you know, I think when you look at Tennessee's defense, they struggled to pressure the quarterback this week. Obviously, Harold Landry is out. Um, Jeffrey Simmons is a man inside. You know that, Ross, but they really did not have much edge pressure, and that could be a concern. They're going to have to figure out how to do that. Um, they're, they're moving people around a lot in the secondary. They have a, a, a totally different nickel and dime package. They're two different packages, so they're trying to get that all sorted out and figured out. They did not have any big plays in the run game last week, and that's we've come to expect, just like every week we expect certain things, you know, Mahomes to make a special play. We expect Derrick Henry to have a 40 or 50-yard run every week, and he didn't have that against the Giants, so therefore they really did not have explosive plays, and they did not really have explosive plays in the pass game, and that's something that they struggled with a year ago, and that's something that they're going to have to figure out as well because in this league, Ross, as you know, it's really hard to score a lot of points without explosive plays. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing that it feels like all the offenses try to do is design explosive plays. All the defenses try to do is prevent explosive plays at this point. Which probably leads right into Jonathan Gannon and the Eagles defense, and which you're very familiar with having done their games and spending time, you know, quite a bit of time there in the preseason. Yep, Vikings and the Eagles. The second Monday nighter, Greg, what do you think? There's so many fascinating elements to this game. We certainly don't have time for all of them. Um, I thought Ed, Ta- Ed Donatel's Vikings defense last week was fascinating. Really multiple up front. Uh, they did a lot of things. They've got a lot of long athletic players up front. Danell Hunter, um, Zadarius Smith, DJ Wanham. These guys are long and athletic, and they move them around a lot. Um, and then in the secondary, they're in the Vic Fangio mold. They start with a quarters structure but they do a lot of things off of that. And it's difficult to, you have to figure that out after the snap. Um, The Eagles are trying to do the same thing. They're trying to do a lot of the Vic Fangio mold as well. Um, When you play the Vikings though, what you need to do with Jefferson is if you're going to play mostly zone, which, which I think the Eagles will do, even though these zones have man principles in them with, with Jefferson, you cannot let him run through the secondary. You're going to have to, the term they like to use is match, carry, deliver. That's what you have to do. You have to match him early, carry him to where he goes, and then deliver him to someone. You can't just let him run free in your secondary and get into voids. That sounds like it sounds like you should do it with everybody. Well, it's part, yes, it's schematically part of what, they do, you know, in this defense, but it's especially important with someone like Jefferson. You just, there were a number of miscommunication slash bust by the Packers defense a week ago, and Jefferson was totally free. That can't happen. Now, keep one thing in mind, Adam Thielen's pretty good too. So, you know, you have to be careful. You know, it'd be nice to walk away from the game and say, oh, well, Jefferson had five for 72, but you don't want Thielen to be the guy that gets nine for 150. At Greg Cosell on Twitter, NFL matchup show this weekend. I call him the civilian goat for a reason. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. You know, I don't know if Greg takes AG1 like I do, but he probably does because he's smart. And even with 43 years NFL films, he's on top of his stuff. I started taking it for two reasons. One is better gut health. The other one is I don't eat enough vegetables. It's really that simple, and it's a great way 
to absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. I take them first thing in the morning, empty stomach, because it's better for my stomach, and I love the fact that it costs less than $3 a day. That's worth it to me. Look, we all have to put a price on our health. To me, that's more than worth it. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or whatever. To make it easy, Athletic Green is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Ross. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash Ross. Take ownership over your health. Pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Good morning. Let's start today with the New York Jets and Joe Flacco, who will start again at quarterback this weekend. Can't say I'm that surprised, but he's clearly on the hot seat here. And if he struggles against Cleveland, I wouldn't be shocked if at some point Salah puts Mike White in. I got to tell you, for some of these teams, it's got to be tough to be a fan. Like, really, that's where we're at. That, you know, we're starting Flacco. If he struggles, we're putting in Mike White. Zach Wilson can't get back soon enough. Although the jury is still way, way out on Zach Wilson, unfortunately. Ducks takes. Cleveland Browns have a new logo midfield. It is no longer the helmet, Ross. No, it's Brownie the Elf, which I guess I've seen it before because I've done games there and I get their note package. I guess this was a big thing with the team before Art Modell became the owner. And then he wasn't a big fan of Brownie the Elf. So he heavily emphasized just the orange helmet. He just liked the orange helmet. To him, that was Cleveland Browns. That was the logo from Art Modell. But obviously, Art Modell hasn't been the owner in a while. And someone decided, let's bring back Brownie the Elf. You know, the people in Cleveland love it. The fans love it. That's kind of good enough for me. You know, if the fans love it, then that's great. Um, I think it's a good changeup. Gives him a mascot. It's a good changeup from just the orange helmet. Ducks takes. Chicago Bears put uh, Alex Leatherwood on NFI. He has mono. Not good. Out at least four weeks. You know they're they're on the hook for his contract. They brought him in to develop him, and it's unfortunate. You don't hear that very often. NFL players getting mono during the season. Hopefully he's okay. All right, you and Greg already talked about the huge game tonight, Thursday night football, Chargers-Chiefs. Who do you got? I got the Chiefs. You know, Keenan Allen's not going to play. That's a big loss. Tom Pelissero tweeted this morning, J.C. Jackson is a game-time decision. I highly doubt that. I believe that somebody told... Tom Pelissero that the logic of playing a guy that had ankle surgery on August 23rd tonight when he has 10 days before the next 15 games makes no sense to me at all. I would be shocked if he played. Those are two big losses. 
for the Chargers makes a big difference. I, and I know the Chiefs don't have um, Sheffield either, but uh, I'm going with the Chiefs at home. Play's going to be crazy. The Chargers have kind of had the Chiefs number a little bit, but I like the Chiefs tonight. Let's let's have an awesome game. How about 27-24 or 28-27? I will take the Chiefs. Let's get to an email, Brian. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. Email address ross at rosstucker.com. Love reading and responding to your emails. Back-to-back days. By the way, I only have like one left. So any question you've ever had, send it to me, ross at rosstucker.com. Make sure you take advantage of one of our awesome sponsors and you, you have that in the email. That way, I'll get to you right away. What do you got, Brian? From Glenn in Nashville asked today, uh, so Ross, I quit playing fantasy football after 15 years due to my new love for competitive pinball. I understand it's a niche hobby, and I'm curious if you have any niche hobbies. So, first of all, I say niche. Niche hobby. You say niche? Yes. I feel like niche is like you're pretending to be like rich. Niche hobbies. It's niche hobbies, right? Need to get some tweets today. At Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. Is it niche like N-I-T-C-H? Or is it niche like N-E-E-S-H? I say it the blue collar way because I'm from Pennsylvania. Okay, I don't put on any fronts. Um, I don't have any niche hobbies. No, I really don't. I have football. Then I ski. I get a decent amount of beer pong in. And then the summer I go to the beach. I don't think I have any niche hobbies unless you consider beer, uh, beer pong, a niche hobby. No, I really don't. Bride, do you? I, no, I really don't. Too, too much time working and spending time with family. That's my my hobbies. Yeah. I mean, competitive pinball. That's interesting. Maybe someday, but now I, that's kind of the cool thing is that my job is what I like to do. You know, like football is what, what I like to do. Like that's my hobby, but it's also my job. Shout outs, my front page story.com pizza boy, brewing sport, culture, human steakhousesports.com. Go-Bangles.com, Evergreen Economics. We'll have the, the Friday pick show we posted after midnight tonight. So you guys will be good to go first thing in the morning, even over across the pond. Enjoy the game. We're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.